Welcome to Chicana and Latina Moms Podcast. This space is created for all my Chicana and Latina sisters. I will touch base on mental health awareness to be able to help you understand different ways of implementing self-care and self-love. And also to remind you, que no estás sola. I want to also let you know that this is an evolución. Unidas creamos cambio, pero solo con acción. Hey, my Chicana and Latina sisters, please do not forget to leave a review and give me your feedback. I would really appreciate it. This also helps other new listeners know what we're about. Gracias. Hola, Chicana and Latina moms. ¿Cómo están? Thank you so, so much for being here. My name is Amapola Ramirez. And in today's episode, I would like to share with you two things. One, my experience of going to Tijuana. And two, an amazing guest who is a Chicano brother who is going to share with us the perspective of a father. Um, and I'm really excited for you guys to hear him out. It is an awesome um, you know, interview that I had with him. And I'm sure we, you will take a lot from him. So before we get to that, I want to share this short story because I think that when we share each other's stories, we learn from one another. And I actually visited Tijuana it's actually was like 10 years, you guys, that I had not gone because I was so scared. You know, we hear all the sequestros and, you know, que roban y todo eso, no? But my oldest son, he really wanted to go. And I said, okay, like, let's go. Um, me da miedo, pero pues I don't want him to go. He wasn't going to go by himself. He was going to go with family. But either way, it's just, I wanted to go with him, you know? So we went to DJ and it was a baptism for one of my nieces. And I do have family there, of course. And that's the reason why um, we wanted to go and celebrate my niece's baptism. And so on Sunday, because we, we arrived on Saturday, but on Sunday, um, we ate breakfast and I really wanted to visit the cemetery which is where my maternal grandmother and my uncle, which is my mom's brother, um, is buried. And he was, I posted on Instagram about he was my um, guardian angel. Well, not, not guardian angel. It's actually called, uh, well, I guess I could say my guardian angel as well, but the angel in the nursery. He was able to give me, make time for me to teach me, to talk to me, to listen to me, to laugh at my jokes. So he just really helped me a lot. I mean, I can't even explain it. But I lost him when I was um, nine years old. And I was so excited, you guys, to like be there and, you know, just see his tomb, right, with my grandmother. So we were excited. We couldn't figure out donde estaba la tumba and we eventually found it. So I think part of the excitement of finding it kind of like threw us off. We we actually, my aunt, my two cousins, my son and I were in the car. So I think that it's very important that whenever you go to TJ, you go with someone who is very street smart, that knows la onda in TJ. Because if you go there with no one knowing like what's up, um, they can see that. Okay. So that's my advice. Although yes, we were with family, we detoured because we were following each other back to my uncle's house and we decided to like, Oh, we'll meet them later. Let's go to the cemetery. And that was a big mistake. Um, so when we were there at the cemetery, um, obviously well, we were all excited. We hadn't been there for years and, you know, we, we sat there, we obviously we're still grieving, even though it's been so many years. Right. Um, even talking about it, like my breath just changes because, you know, the grieving is still there. 
<sighs> that's grieving doesn't go anywhere. It stays there and we have to learn how to live with it. So we were there just taking in that moment. And after getting these kids, they were so cute, by the way, hardworking kids um, who were helping us clean the grass and stuff like that. We were so into it because they were so adorable. And my aunt had gone to the car and back. And while we were doing that, she forgot to lock the car. And so these thieves um, went on the other side where we couldn't see. And they stole my aunt's purse, they stole my purse, and they stole my cousin's purse. My passport was in the bag, my son's um, birth certificate. I mean, I was kind of like, oh my God, like, how am I going to get back to the United States? Like, I don't want to be here, <laughs> you know? Um, but I was able to. My husband sent me a picture of that passport, the passport card. So I highly recommend to get both the book and the card. Honestly, you guys, it's worth it. It's like a backup. Um, so that's what he sent me. And that's how, and I'll share with you guys how I was able to, to use that. But yeah, so we decided to go back to the car because we were waiting for my uncle to arrive. And we're like, oh, let's go into the car. Let's eat some snacks. And as soon as we get into the car... I honestly see you guys like across from us. There was a, a lady, two ladies and this man. They started laughing. They started laughing when we were walking to the car. And it was esa like risa como de like burla. And it just like hit me. I was like, this is odd. And they were sitting down, you guys, staring at us. Like they were just waiting to see our reaction that's how I read their body language and I said where's my purse it was a backpack actually but I said where's my backpack and I'm like is it back there and I said oh my goodness they stole my bag and my aunt's like mine's not here either and my cousin was like mine either we're like oh my god and I honestly you guys I don't know. I just feel like the people that were there, the ones, the people that were laughing, I think they stole our stuff. They were keeping an eye on us. I don't know. We were all the way in the back of the cemetery. And that cemetery, by the way, was really, um, it's, it's really bad. It's really bad. And that was a mistake. I, we should have brought down our stuff and we should have locked it. But, you know, I think about this, you guys, because we're in another country, right? There's a lot of poverty. And by the way, Tijuana is not the same anymore as, like, it used to. In my perspective, it is overpopulated. There's so much traffic. I mean, it's just insane, you guys. I don't know. For many of you that have visited Tijuana for a while, then, you know, maybe you can't see this change. But I know it's been 10 years later. Because I used to go to Tijuana when there was like pretty much not a lot of houses. My uncle that passed away would take us to um, Tijuana and he actually built his home and businesses in like like flat land. Like there was nothing there. No electricity, like no water. Yeah, he had those baños where they have like the oil, you know, like in the back, like in Mexico and they smell really bad. Like that's how he started because it was there was nothing um, so I can see, I know the before and right now the after, and it's honestly, I will not go back. I really don't not want to return. I have family there and, um, I don't know, unless they pick me up, drop me off. I don't know, but honestly, it really killed it for me. And that's what happened. You guys, I think that we put our guard down, um, because we were kind of cautious but because we're so, we're grieving, like I said, and we were so focused on just being there that our mistake was to leave our purses in the car and obviously not locking it. And even if, this is what I was thinking, you guys, honestly, that let's say I did have my bag with me and we all did. I mean, I don't know. Thank God no nos asaltaron. You know, over there, they don't care. They don't care. And it's not like it was like flashy. It was like a pink bag. But obviously for them, they don't care, right? They, I think the look that we carry, I don't know, I might be wrong. But like they know who's from there and who's not. 
right? But honestly, honestly, my advice, if you are going to go to Tijuana, go with someone that knows what's up. Like someone que, que esté, like I said, street smart, that's going to keep their guard up to be able to like look after you. And that's going to guide you and tell you, don't go here. If you do, let's do this or whatever, you know what I mean? Protect you. And it's not that my family wouldn't have done that. It's just our mistake was that we didn't tell them, like, come with us. You know, we just thought like, oh, well, let's just go. Um, it was very invasive and we were pissed, obviously. But at some point in my mind, I said, you know what? I can't do anything about it. And all that materialistic things that were in my bag, I can get it back. ¿Cuánto les va a durar? Ese dinero. Todas las personas que se lo robaron. ¿Cuánto les va a durar? Ese estilo de vida no llega a largo. They're not, that type of lifestyle, I mean, it's so short. They can either lose their life. They can end up in jail. I mean, it's just a very unhealthy lifestyle. And I'm like, okay, the poor stealing from the poor. It's so sad, right? It really is. But... You know, it happened, and I honestly encourage you guys to be very careful. No se confíen. No se confíen. Um, we did go to La Delegación. You guys, garbage. The worst experience. They are not even there to help. The lady pretty much said, Me tengo que ir, ya me quiero ir a mi casa. Tengo otro reporte que escribir. Like, pretty much like, you're on your own. It was like horrible, you guys. I was like, I don't know. I can't, I can't come back. I love my family. And it's just, it was a bad experience. And my uncle that lives there did tell me, I understand if you don't want to come back. But if next time you do come back, we have to have less antenitas up so that you can be more aware. And obviously we will take precaution as much as we can now. If you do decide to come. But it'll take me a while. Because, <laughs> you know, they say never say never. But, like, right now, I'm saying never. <laughs> oh, so be careful, you guys. I mean, I've heard stories. I'm sure that many of you have heard stories or you've gone through things. But, you know, cuídense mucho whenever you guys go out there. And the way, and by the way, the way that I passed was that I had to tell the um, immigration officer that, you know, they stole my bag. I don't know if you believe me or not, but um, I told them, like, I'm the only one that doesn't have, have an ID or passport because they stole my bag. I said, but my husband did send me a picture of my passport card on my in my email. So I gave it to him. He said, okay, let me look it up into the system. And he did. And he's like, okay, you're good. Oh, my God, you guys. I was so scared. I'm like, no me quiero quedar en Tijuana. <laughs> like, I want to come back. And, yes, I felt so relieved just crossing over. I'm grateful. I'm grateful that we were safe. Um, we did have a great time overall with my family. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to say that it was like a horrible experience completely 100%. No. Um, but it, there is that, that percentage that it was horrible. And there's another, other percentage that was like beautiful with my family. But anyways, les quería contar esta historia para que la piensen muy bien. Que es lo que se van a llevar. Um, if you're going to wear a purse or something, wear it like underneath your clothes, like a little fanny pack or something, honestly. If anything, that's what I would do. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> if I think of going, sabe cuando. Um, but yes, within so mucho. But anyways, you guys, after that story, the Tijuas, <laughs> I would love to introduce to you a Chicano brother by the name of Flo, and he's going to share with us um, his perspective as a father. And he is going to share with us some input and advice as to how to help, you know, fathers be fathers. So let's get started. Flo is a father of a daughter, and he is a husband. He is the host and creator of Raza Stand podcast. Flo brings you history, political views, current affairs, and many more topics that deal with La Raza. 
La raza includes anyone who has a connection to the brown Spanish-speaking community. There are many cultures, perspectives, and traditions that one needs to take into consideration when discussing views concerning La Raza. Flow is a perfect combination of street and book smart. Flow provides credible sources when discussing controversial topics. He shares his heart and his thoughts into all that he does. Hola, Chicana and Latina moms. ¿Cómo están? Thank you so much for being here. And we today we have a chingón guest <laughs> speaker. And his name is Flo from Raza Stand. Hi, Flo. Thank you so much for being here. How's it going? Thanks again for having me on. I, uh, I'm very excited to be here and to have this very important conversation. Yes. Yes, definitely. We are going to be talking about a father's perspective, right? Um, your parents immigrated to this country and there's things that we can learn from you in different areas because you're very knowledgeable. So um, thank you. So I, I guess let's start off with this. Tell us about you. ¿Quién eres? Um, so me, <laughs> thank you. So um, like I said, my name is Flo. Uh, I have a podcast. I have a Uh, my podcast initially uh, was a response to everything that was happening during 2020, you know, uh, COVID, uh, the uh, riots, the shutdowns. I just had so much information in my head. I was like, why do I keep posting if nobody's even listening? Let me start my own podcast. And whoever listens to that, then, you know, they'll listen to it. So it, it's been about a year nice. since I my platform. And awesome. you know, everybody who tunes in is is somebody that I've never met. So obviously what I'm saying, you know, people like it. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, no, that's good. Yeah, we have to share knowledge within our community, you know, um, and even outside of our community to educate other people about our community. Right. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So you have a daughter. Yes. Yes. You want to tell us about her? Yes, uh, my daughter, uh, she's wonderful. She's my world. She's my only daughter, you know, my only child. Um, so I became a father when I was 30. And so I feel like it was really, it was really a good time to have a kid because, you know, I lived my, my 20s, you know, my, yeah. obviously my teens, you know. So I was in a place where uh, I wanted to be a father. But at the time, uh, I wasn't sure if I could be a father because... Uh, prior to that, I was actually diagnosed with a GI condition oh, that okay. I was taking medication for, and the medication was pretty much making me infertile, you know, according yeah. to the doctors. So for the longest, you know, uh, me and my wife pretty much, that was, I guess, like a contraceptive in a way, you know, so we yeah. didn't really even think about having children. And then one day my wife's like, oh, I'm pregnant. And I'm like, what? What do you mean? Oh, you know? nice. So a miracle child, you know, because yeah. we tried We tried afterwards. We haven't had been successful afterwards. So she's my only one right now. And, and uh, you know, I'm yeah. going to give her all my attention. Yeah. You know? Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing that. So obviously you have your baby and, um, you know, what does it mean to be a father? Like, what are the pros and cons? I know, you know, we have a lot of moms that listen to this podcast, but, you know, it's important to also get the perspective, you know, of a father since it takes a village to raise a child, right? Yes. But um, what do you think are, what does it mean to be a father and what are the pros and cons? Uh, I think for me, I mean, I grew up in a very traditional household where my dad was a breadwinner, my mom was a stay-at-home mom. Mm -hmm. So... I got that example of what a parenting is, you know, but I knew that being born here in the States and being a Chicano or Mexican American, that wasn't going to be my reality. So at least I was kind of, you know, expecting to have something different. Right. Yeah. But it's really interesting how even, even with that acknowledgement or just that awareness, all you know is your, your, your parents parenting. So all you know how to mm -hmm. do is, you know, so, um, I love my daughter, obviously, you know, without, without a question. I mean, but, What I do have to discipline my daughter, I find myself doing some of the same things that my dad did, you know, going oh. to that default. And I check myself because, you know, I mean, my dad was obviously very loving, you know, but as a disciplinary, my dad could be a pretty, yeah. pretty tough guy, you know? So, um, 
and that's where I want to check myself because I don't want my daughter to to grow up with that trauma, you know. Of, yeah. You know, being okay with being you know hit by a man and, and stuff like that. So I do my best not to spank my daughter. You know, mm-hmm. when when uh when I don't need to, I'll speak to her you know very sternly if I need to discipline her. But my daughter's a very stubborn person too. You know, I've already <laughs> seen that. Yeah. So I gotta find a different method because it's uh. It's it's different, you know, because when my dad spoke to us in a certain way, I, I remember, at least I remember, maybe I'm lying, you know, that I would listen to him and just and stop. And she, my daughter should just laugh sometimes. You know, I think she knows, too. Like, yeah, um, you know, I think because she's also a girl, I think it's a little different. She knows I'm not going to hit her. She knows that I'm not going to, um, you know, so I would say those are the cons, I guess. But the pros, obviously, you know, it's somebody that, you know, it's it's especially in my situation, you know, like I said, I, I was told that I wasn't going to be able to have any kids. Mm. So to, to have, you know, a daughter, specifically a daughter, it just lets me see the world very, very differently. Um, you know, obviously prior to this, you know, I was a little more aware mm-hmm. of becoming a little more aware of, you know, a man in the society and, you know, some of the things that I hold. But now when you have to protect your own kind, I mean, you know, it's yeah. definitely real, you know? So yeah, um, I would say that, that it's made me hopefully a better person, a better man in society to, to be able to protect and just provide for our women because, you know, they need it. Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you for that because you're right. I mean, in regards to those pros and cons that you shared, right. The things that you witnessed as a child and Mm -hmm. the way, the things that you said, okay, I'm taking this, but I'm not taking that. Right. So Mm -hmm. you have the lens of how you see life as a male, right? As as a yes. man, as a father. Um, and for us mothers, sometimes it's so hard to understand, right? Because obviously we're like, oh, we had him in, in our womb for nine months. And <laughs> like, oh my God, we're trying to be more gentle. And the dads, you know, like, especially when it comes to boys, right? Like yes. machismo, like how, how could you share? Like, what can you share about them in regards to like machismo? Um, do you feel that at some point... Um, you know, you took it in or like, how do you see it as like a male or a father figure that, I, that word machismo? I think it's to me, it's still, you know, work in progress. Cause like I said, my dad, very traditional, you know, the unquestioned leader in the household, the way he spoke to my mom, you know, in very subtle ways to me, it's, sometimes it will still come out of me, you know, like with my wife and Obviously, my wife is not somebody who was going to take me you know, whenever I speak in a certain way. So um, that's when I that's when I realized it. That's when I noticed it. Because if nobody ever tells you, then you don't even know you're doing it, mm-hmm. right? She'll like she'll let me know. She's like, you want you know you're you're very controlling in the sense that you want things your way. And I know I have a very dominant personality with with the way uh, like I have I see things a certain way, mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay, this is the way it works, and this is where we're gonna do it. And sometimes my wife is like, no, I don't, I don't think that's a good idea. Or like, she won't necessarily verbalize it, but she just won't do it. And I'm like, well, you know, then it's affecting the kid and, you know, it's affecting us going out, you know? So, so as far as, you know, the whole machismo thing, I think to some extent, I still kind of, you know, uh, perpetuate it. I still kind of, you know, um, again, I'm not doing it intentionally, but again, you, when you are, that's all you know, and that's all you witness, it's just in our culture. Yeah. It's hard to just, it's hard to say, you know what, I'm going to stop it and I'm going to be, this different person that I'm not, because again, it also has to do with personality. And I think you would probably know that, you know, as a therapist, yeah. you know, people's personalities also kind of dictate how you are going to be as a person. So it takes a lot of conscious effort yeah. to be able to do that. So I think having my platform and just listening to people like yesterday, for example, I wasn't alive and, and, um, one of the males said, sometimes when you get into an argument with your wife, you know, it's, People think it's about winning the argument. It's like, why? Like, why do you want to win an argument? Mm-hmm. You're both partners. You're both supposed to love each other. So that in itself made me realize, you know, sometimes I do, when I do argue with my wife, like, I do want to win. And I'm like, but, but why? Like, what's the yes. point? <laughs> you <know? laughs> You're like, what? Que me van a dar un millón de dólares or something? <laughs> if anything, it's going to turn out worse for you because if you quote unquote win the argument, then, you know, then it just becomes worse. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll just lose it. Yeah. Yep. You're right. You're right. There is a sense of that, like, um, control, right? Like in machismo. And I like what you said. It's still in the works, right? Cause you, yes. and, yeah. um, you want to improve your being, you want to have a closer relationship with your obviously wife and, and with your daughter. And obviously 
the message that you're sharing in your platform, right? To help other males as well. Like, you know, you're putting yourself out there to share even here, right? Which is really appreciated where you're like, well, you know, I have my flaws and this is what they are because that's how we learn, you know, mm-hmm. together. As, and especially with our culture and our families, no andes hablando nada. Eso se queda en la familia. Cállate. <laughs> Qué vergüenza. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Right? right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But you're doing different from that, you know, and it's it's uh, really nice to hear you share your thoughts and your heart and how you see it. And And as a father, you want the best for your daughter, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. you as a son, you know, a parents um, who immigrated to this country, um, what did you appreciate and what did you not appreciate um, from your parents? You know, because, you know, our parents come in to a new country. They're, they're struggling. Mm-hmm. They're in survival mode. You yes. know, what are the things that you did learn from them? And I guess what are the things that you're just like, uh, well, I guess you kind of shared a little bit. I'm not sure if there's more than that. Yeah. Um, so obviously, yeah, like you said, they came here in the seventies. So they came in, came here a while back. Things were a little different. And both of my parents are actually from the same village. You know, a small village in Tlaxcala, Michoacan, called Tlaxa Salca. Mm, okay. uh, one of the one of the oldest actually uh, villages in Mex- all of Mexico, actually. Oh wow! Um, yeah, it was built in fifteen forty five. So about like twenty six years after the conquest of uh, Tenochtitlan, you know. Uh, yeah. Chico, right? So uh, they were there, you know, up until my dad was there up until he was 17. My mom was there up until, up until she was 15. But uh, they like they're six years apart. So obviously they didn't date in Mexico, you know, like they, oh. they had no interest, you know. Yeah. I was way older than her. So so uh, my dad came, like I said, when he was 17. And then my mom eventually came over here when she was uh, 15. Mm-kay. And they ended up in the same apartment complex. That's so. I know. I was just gonna ask you. I'm like, wait, they didn't meet yeah. over there. They met over here. Yes. yes oh so wow. Were, yeah. So they ended up in the same place, and then um, my parents, you know, it, because that area was known for housing people from that village for whatever reason. I don't know why. Oh. Right. It's, it's somewhere in uh, it's somewhere in downtown, and essentially, um, this their whole story is is wild because my dad was had had his own girlfriend. My mom had her own boyfriend. Whatever. Mm-hmm. They were just friends. And then one day my dad wanted to get married to, to his, I guess, girlfriend at the time, you know, in, in Mexico. Uh-huh. Uh, but she said she wasn't willing to come to the state. So then my dad said, well, then it's over, you know. So yeah, pues ya sí, ¿verdad? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he came out here and then he just had a good connection with my mom. You know, they were good friends. And then my dad made a bold-ass move and said, hey, do you want to marry me? Oh, wow. You know, to yeah. my mom. And my mom was like, what? Like, what do you mean? Like, we're not even dating. Like, <laughs> what are you <laughs> man, your dad. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, now I know where you get it from. <laughs> there you go. He's a shooter, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, so I was like, well, that's, that's, just, that's insane. I was like, I would never do something like that, you know? But they've been together for, I think, 40 years already. Yeah. It, it, it just, oh, wow. It just completed 40 years uh, this this February. Um, and yeah, you know, they, they, they had their ups and downs and all, but what I really loved about my parents is their commitment to the marriage, regardless Mm. of how tough it got. And, um, cause my dad was a heavy alcoholic at one point and what stopped him from drinking was when he had, when, when, uh, my mom had my daughter, I mean, my, uh, my, uh, my sister. And she, because she's the only girl out of all the three siblings, you know. So that, oh, okay. and that changed my dad completely. Yeah, like my dad became way more softer as a man. So I got to see that that parenting style from my dad, and also the more disciplinarian. Uh, I'm a beat your ass if you don't listen. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I had both those dads. Yeah. Growing up, um, but I think it was perfect because it, by the time my my sister was born, I was already in my teens and. I think if he would have been more of a hard ass on me during that time, I probably would have been way more rebellious. It was I was already rebelling. Oh, but, okay. But uh, yeah, I needed that soft, soft love. Yeah. From so as, as far as what I would take away from them, you know, definitely is the commitment to a marriage, the commitment to to your family, and just continuing to do everything. Because like I, I keep saying it in in my podcast, is love is not just a feeling; it's an action. Yes especially in moments where things are really, really difficult. Obviously, you know, if the situation is toxic and there's just no way to to solve it or to, to yeah. be able to, 
know, help out the relationship, then you got to step away. But if it's something minor, like, you know, behavior or, or maybe the person just needs, you know, therapy, little things like that. If you see them actively trying to, to improve themselves, I think you should continue the relationship, you know, especially if you have kids. Yeah. So I love that about them because like I said, I was one of my few friends who grew up with the father and a father who, although he was a disciplinarian, was also very loving in, in, in many, many different ways. You know, he was a motivator. He instilled confidence in me as a man because mm. he was always telling me, you know, like, okay, you're, you're able to do whatever you want. You're able to, to, you know, and even as a very, very small child, like letting me know about my culture, letting me know, hey, you're, yes, we're born in Mexico, you, you know, me and your mom, so you have Mexican blood, but you're also born here. So don't let anybody tell you you don't belong in this country. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. So yeah. Definitely instilling that confidence into me. And I'm doing that with my daughter now, letting her know, hey, you're the best. You're number one. You know, just continue. Just let her know so she can feel good about herself. You know? and Because, you know, especially yeah. with women, you know, like, they suffer a lot with self-esteem issues. So yeah. I'm going to do my best to drill that in here. So when she's old enough, Hopefully she remembers that, you know? Yeah, to have that confidence, right? That if yes. someone tries to push her down, she's like, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my dad taught me and I know who I am and exactly. my worth. That's good. Exactly. Yeah, you know, I love the fact that you share about your parents, their marriage, right? Like my parents are still together and I you know, obviously every marriage has its pros and cons, you know? But yes. um, I do appreciate that very much from my mother and father who at some point they have a choice, right? Our parents have a choice at any time, like peace out, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but exactly. um, the commitment is, is a, it's a challenging one and it is very possible through thick and thin, you know? Um, yes. Every case, like you said, every case is different, right? If there's like domestic violence support, like, okay, that's, you have the right, you can leave. It's not easier said than done. Right. But, um, yes. but yeah, I, I love that because it is an example um, and how they taught you, right, about, like, culture at a young age and continue to, there's a reason, right, why your dad said, like, if anyone tries to tell you don't belong here, do you feel like at some point he heard it also on his, what do you think? Oh, I mean, I don't know if he heard it as much, but I think he understood the dynamics between immigration, and my dad's also, even though he doesn't have a formal education, he's, he's a well-read, well-read person, he's, very involved in politics he's very involved in you know me and i me and him can have this this kind of conversation regarding you know serious issues you know because yeah he's a very well-read person he's he's an intellectual as well again this is somebody who didn't did not receive a formal education so i also admire that about my dad that if, we, if i want to ask him about politics what do you think about you know the president He's not gonna say, oh, he's not gonna do, it. oh, I don't, I don't know. Like he's gonna let me know. Okay, well, I think this president needs to do this, and yeah. So, he, so, and that's I think is not very common in our community because a lot, a lot of I noticed this again with with a lot of my friends growing up that they didn't have that kind of relationship with their father. So whenever mm-hmm. I go to like Mexican households, that's all they talk about is politics or <laughs> you know yeah. the economy. You know, and they're like, I don't want to talk about this. Let's talk about beer. I was like. I can't really contribute to that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I struggle. I struggle to have quote unquote normal conversations, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you're right. Oh, that's really, really good. Yeah, yes. you're right. I've come across many people and say, well, uh, you know, my my father doesn't really care for all that stuff. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I, know, he, I know he loves me, but he's not really involved, but like he's funny or he does all these things, you know, but it's different. You know, every father loves in their own different way. And I'm glad because now, now I can see and understand more of like your as stand, you know, that passion you have when you talk about these topics that you talk, because mm-hmm. it's, you, you talk about different topics, obviously, in the as stand, right? Yes. So you're open. You're like an open book. Pretty much. <laughs> Except yeah. for like, we don't, giving out our address. <laughs> exactly that. Or my real name. <laughs> oh yeah, there you go. Yes. <clears throat> yeah, you're right. Definitely. So... Mm-hmm. As, um, what has been the challenges for you, you know, if you feel comfortable sharing, of course, right? But as a father, um, you know, with you and your wife, do you feel like she gives you that, that space to be a father? Because I know there's a lot of mothers out there that still, even if they live with the father or they don't, you know, they, they have a difficult time sharing their children with the father. Yes. How is that? Uh, 
in the very beginning when she was born, she was very like overprotective with her. Like I couldn't take her out anywhere, you know, yeah. by myself. Like for example, when she was a few few weeks old, I wanted to take her to my mom's, and she was like, "No, you know, you can't take her by yourself. By yourself, you know, because what if you get an accident? You know, just little, obviously, you know, she's very overprotective." Yeah. But then, I mean, she didn't have an option because my mom is the one who watches my daughter. So I have to take oh, her okay. by myself, you know, because she goes to work, go to work, whatever. But then when my wife was, a, when my daughter was about seven months old, my wife got uh, postpartum depression. Mm. So that just changed the whole dynamics because at the beginning she was way more attached to my, to my wife, my daughter. Mm-hmm. And then that just completely changed the dynamics where I became, uh, I felt, of course, you know, this is how I felt. I felt like I became dad and mom at one point because my wife was not able to do anything. Yeah. Because of the depression, you know? And I didn't know what was going on. I, especially because my wife is not that kind of person when it comes to to challenges. She she never uh, would, you know, make excuses. Or am I saying she was during that time? Saying, that's the way I perceived it at the moment. Like, yeah. why, why, why are you making an excuse? You know, like, you can't get up. What do you mean you can't get up? You, you went to school and got your degree and... You moved out here by yourself, not knowing anybody in Los Angeles, because she's not from here. She's from, from a different city, and she didn't know anybody when she moved mm. over here. So to me, it was like, what are you talking about? What do you mean you can't move? And she was like, I can't move. I feel like I'm freezing. Like I, I, To me, it was really hard to understand that. Yeah. So I felt a little bit of resentment because I felt like I was doing all the work. I was feeding her. I was doing things that I never thought I was going to do. Uh, and then once she once she got better from that, we had COVID. Oh, <laughs> so, so 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 then, yeah, uh, that changed it even more, you know, because my, at that point my daughter was already two, and had already gotten accustomed to my ways of doing things, and then yeah. even more so being at home with her and working, that is just a different monster. Yeah. So my daughter is just completely attached to me at this point. She wherever I go, she wants to go. If I go to the bathroom, she's like, Daddy, where, where are you going? <laughs> yeah. if, I, if I come outside, just go to the trash, Daddy, I want to go with you. If I go move my car so it doesn't get a ticket, oh. I'll go with you. <laughs> it's that kind of situation. And my wife, uh, even though she, she's a little, I think, she doesn't feel resentful, resentful for that, but she was a little, like, upset because, again, what happened to her wasn't her fault. Yeah. Know? And she is our only kid. So, um yeah. Uh, I think the whole sharing thing, I mean, again, my daughter's very, very energetic, too. So I think she, because I work with kids, I think she's like, you know what? You got it. Oh, oh, she passes, dad. (laughs) Yeah, you're good. (laughs) Yeah, and you know, um, I'm glad you were sharing about you, well, you're being honest, right? Like, mm, I didn't understand this postpartum depression. Like, what do you mean? Right, especially mm-hmm. in our culture, we don't really talk about it as much. Now it's no. coming out, thank God. It is. Um, it is. But it sounds like because you didn't know, I mean, at some point you, I mean, did you find out, was she able to find out that it was that when she went to the doctor? Like now it's kind of like, oh, that's what you had. No, she did because she kept, you know, feeling these things. And again, I didn't know what that was. So she ended up calling um, the, her her doctor, whatever, therapist or uh I don't know. I don't know who she called. Somebody in that field, and they let her know that she, she was diagnosed. She got medication, mm. but the process was just was terrible to, yeah. to get diagnosed. It took so long, and I made it worse. Mm. It made it worse, and then during that time too, uh, she had gotten pregnant again. That's why I said, you know, we had we have not been able to have any more kids like that. She had gotten pregnant again, but with with the medication, it, it just the pregnancy was not was not successful yeah you know so that made it worse like you, she's barely getting better than that so for a while my wife and i had a lot of tension because she felt like i put her in that position you know and i didn't do that you know obviously out of ill intent you know what i mean yeah but every everything every every single thing that had caused trauma in our relationship it came out when she had our daughter when mm-hmm. she had postpartum depression and there was things that i didn't even know i was doing Oh, okay. So I was just like, wow, like, she's like, yeah, this and that, you know. I'm going to tell you the details, but basically, you know, she, she was like, yeah, at some point I just didn't even want to be with you anymore. And I was like, what? Like, yeah. what are you talking about? If that's how you felt you should have told me something, you know, like, now nah, when we have a kid. Yeah. You know, like, uh, but we worked through it, and, you know, it, it's still, again, you know, yeah. as you could probably tell, 
when you have kids, you know, it's always up and down. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It is. But it sounds like um, that you both really wanted this to work out and you guys gave your 100 and 100, right, to to push through. And also because earlier you said your parents demonstrated to you that that consist that commitment, I should say. Well, the consistency to keep that commitment. Right. And it's gold. Yeah. Well, that's um, kudos to you for doing the best that you could at that moment and, you know, being open minded. And and obviously, because you love her, you did the best for her and for yourself, too. I mean, for your daughter, of course. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, it was it was seeing that example. And and for her, she's just has just a lot of trauma, not just for me. You know, it's really essential. My father speaking about fatherhood, you know, like she especially now that she sees how my dad is with my daughter and how her dad is with our daughter, you know, um, he's not bad with her. I mean, obviously I'm not going to say he's bad, but just the way, the way my dad shows affection is just completely different. Yeah. And he's more like, Oh, hola, you know, como están? Just like, ah, just for a little bit. And then he goes with his friends or whatever, and just goes and drinks, you know? And again, that's, that's his style, you know, like, yeah. my that's the way he shows up. So I tell my wife, I'm like, I get it, but my dad's different. You know, like it's not that he doesn't, he doesn't love her. I mean, he's just a different, doing it differently. And maybe you should yeah. have a conversation with him because he doesn't even know he's doing it. Maybe. Like yeah. Said, you know? Yeah. There you go. Yeah. And and that's it. Even if, if he's comfortable, right. Um, can, talking yeah. about it, but then also like, maybe she'll make him think. Exactly. You know? Like, yeah. 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 But, um, you know, it's, it's tough. I think as I, I tried to think of how, Fathers sometimes don't understand, you know, um, mothers and mothers can't understand fathers. I mean, it goes Uh both sides, Uh right? So I'm glad that you're here to give like your perspective on this. Um, So what do you think are two advice for moms, you know, as a father's perspective of the importance of involvement with the children? um, What do you think? What are two? It's very important to have your father, you know, the, the father of your kid in your life, even if you, for whatever reason, doesn't work out. Because children need their father. You know, mm-hmm. you see this, you see this everywhere in societies where fathers are not present, the effect it has on the children. I can give you a bunch of statistics that that show the effects of that, right? So parents, I'm sorry, kids who grew up without fathers are more likely to go to jail. Mm-hmm. And, and this is more specifically towards men, right? Yes. This to me, this was was the biggest, not the big shocker, but it made a lot of sense. Was uh, I think it was eighty percent of of male rapists did not have a father. Mm. Now, now think about that. I mean, that is a big number. Yeah, it is. And it contributes to causing more trauma. They continue to cause more trauma to people, right? Just every every negative thing you can think about society: going to jail, you know, not doing well in school, had to do with the lack of fathers. So sometimes women who don't uh you know get along with their with their, uh the kid the, uh, the father is uh baby daddy whatever right you yeah know, whatever you want to call it yeah um, they are doing them a disservice by not letting the kids be involved um and again if it ever gets to that point i mean you know you should still let your kids be involved in the father's life uh yeah. but again always try to try to um do your best to understand your man, you know, or, or, or the, the father of the kids, because a lot of men don't don't know how to talk about their feelings. They don't know, understand how to even, you know, these feelings that they're expecting, they don't even know how to process them. So yeah, I would encourage women to, to ask them, hey, how do you feel? And it's going to take time. Yeah, you know? for sure. Because if you ask them once, they're going to be like, oh, I'm good. You know, but yeah. don't, don't do it in, you know, do it in a moment where you're both vulnerable. Maybe when you guys are just both, you know, laying down in bed, whatever, or you're, you're in a watching a movie or something like where, you know, he's going to be present and not he's on his phone or he's, you know, with his buddies or yeah, you have to know when to do it because if you don't do that, um, especially, you know, cause women tend to talk more than men. Yeah. Uh-huh. So what, at least for me, like, and I'm, I'm sure this from personal experience, when my wife asked me, you know, like, so what do you think of this? Even the way you frame it. Because if, if she asked me, you know, how was your day? I'll probably say it's good. And that's it. I, I won't. Yeah. I won't add to it. Yeah. But if she asked me, you know, so, so 
what do you think of this? Oh, I, I won't stop talking. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm giving, I'm giving you my opinion, right? And, and I've asked my, my wife that too, you know, because she, she'll say, oh, you never share. Because even with her, she'll ask me, you know, why don't you ever share, you know, whatever you're going through? I said, well, you never asked me. Mm. If you don't ask me, to me, it's like, it, to me, I take it as you're not interested. Yeah. And that's why on the platform, that's not an issue because everyone's talking. Everyone has an opinion. And that's what it's for. Right. But if yeah. I'm just sitting down, at, let's say, you know, at, at my job or or at a store and I see strangers, that's not going to happen because they're not a, not that you need to come and ask me, you know, because I'm this great person. But I'm not someone who shares openly unless you ask me. Oh, OK. Because right? to me, it shows that you're interested. Yeah. Otherwise, because I don't know if people want to be, you know, uh, burdened with whatever I want to share with them. Because I got a lot of things in my head. Yeah. You know, as you can tell. Yeah, and there is some, you know, this is why communication is difficult, right? Because sometimes those, the the wives, like the moms, want to ask these questions, and then they feel uncomfortable bringing up a very sensitive question. And so if yes. they feel uncomfortable and they don't know how to, to, I guess, learn how to be uncomfortable at times, then that it's never going to be thrown out there. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And yeah. One, one other thing I would add, too, is make sure that, You're letting your man know you love him, you know. Obviously, I think women have an easier time with that. Mm-hmm. But show, but you know, a lot of men, the way the way we the way we uh, perceive love with women, especially our women, you know, it's, it's obviously a lot, of it, a lot of it is physical, and a lot of it is you know just more more. Um, at least for me, it's physical, and also like words, like words yeah. of uh, affirmation. When you're always nagging at your man and you don't tell him that you love him, what are they gonna say? Yeah. You know, or if you're just like, okay, go throw the trash out. Why do you throw it out? Go, Mochin. Right? It's like, yeah, it's like, damn, like, give me a goddamn break. (laughs) So that, if you're going to tell them something negative, make sure you also give them something positive because men will internalize those things. Yeah. Well, she doesn't, she doesn't love me. She doesn't care about me. And then they start doing stupid things. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I always say, you know, reminding your, or Yeah, reminding the husband, like, you're a good man. Exactly. And, like, thank you, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Because they do go out there and hustle, you know. I mean, others might say, not mine, you know. But, I mean, I'm talking about the ones that are really willing exactly. to take the time to, like, go out there and work. Because we want to give them credit for all of that, right? Exactly. And, yes, um, the issue that I've seen many times is, like, well, you know, he comes home from work and I'm still with the kids. He doesn't help me, you know, and it's just like, obviously that's where the communication, like be mm-hmm. clear as to what you would like from him and maybe ask him what, what is it that I can do for exactly. you as well versus just one way highway kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Nobody wants to come home being nagged at. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what? It's funny. because I would always see, um, Uh, you know, like the little, uh, the work coworkers after work, um, in certain like mechanic areas, they would always just stay outside, like after they're closed, una cerveza, because they don't want to go home. <laughs> exactly. They know, they know what they're going to. <laughs> exactly. And, 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 I, and I think if you're, you know, if you know your man, you know what he likes, you know how he likes to be loved. So don't yeah. be afraid to do that, you know? And, and I, I'd say the same thing for men too. I mean, if you know what your woman likes, then show her that. Because yeah. that's the problem too. Sometimes, and and again, I see this from I see this from my experience. You might be doing something loving, right, from your heart, whatever. But if that's not how they they want they they uh, see love, then they they might not see it as you're showing love to them. Yeah. Right. Like my wife, for example. Right. Go again. Doing the, the whole postpartum thing. I thought I was being supportive in the sense that I was taking care of my daughter. Yeah. You know, doing washing the dishes, whatever, doing everything that needed to be done. Because she wasn't able to do it, but my wife has trauma because I wasn't there emotionally for her. Mm. That's what she tells me. She's like, "You didn't tell me. You, you're, you know, you were very rude with your words when you were like, get up, you know, and, and you know, just snap out of it." But yeah. I didn't want to hear that. I wanted, I wanted to hear, I wanted to feel supportive by you. And I thought I was supporting her in the sense that I was between these oh, things. Oh, there right? you go. Yeah, but I wasn't supportive in the way she wanted me to. So it didn't matter what I did. So this is what I mean, right? You need yeah. to communicate. Okay, so so now. When I see her going through an episode or whatever, I'll just give her a hug. And sometimes 
You know, she might not want to be liked at the moment. You know, women are very, very complex, too. <laughs> so, whatever she feels the day of, you know, okay, what do you need from me? Like I said, just ask. You know, just ask. You know, yeah. and sometimes they don't even want your opinion. Yeah, that's so true. So. That's so true. I do that to my husband. I'm like, hug me. <laughs> I'm like, just hug me. And he's like, okay. <laughs> yeah well thank you so much Flo for sharing your heart and your thoughts and about you know you as a father and as a man and you're are a great man I see uh, so much potential in you and thank god you created this platform called Raza Stand so where can everyone find you obviously on Instagram and where else yes Instagram at Raza.Stand on YouTube Raza Stand Podcast on TikTok, Rasa Stand Podcast, um, also on Twitter, uh, and I think that's it. But yeah, yeah, I mean, if anybody wants to, you know, I'm, I'm pretty open. If you want to, you know, send me a DM, I, I will reply to you if I have time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so if you have questions regarding other things, I, I'm definitely open. And also, whenever I do lives on Instagram, I open it up to the community. So if you have this this topic that you really want to talk about, I, I give you the space for it. Yeah, that's, that's why I have my platform because there's so many people out there that that are like me in the sense that, man, like, what do I talk to about this? Yeah. They, they can't talk about it with their family. They can't talk about it with their friends. Let's go on an Instagram live and talk about it. You know yeah. I mean? I, a lot of the people that I've met are through Instagram. It's crazy. Yeah, that's true. That's how, that's, I met you through Peter. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> right. You know? So, so yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for that, um, for creating that space for our gente and wishing you the best in all that you do as a father, as a man, and, you know, as an example here in our community. So thank you. Thank you you for having me again. Yeah, you're very welcome. So thank you, Chicana and Latina Mons, for listening. I hope you took a lot of information as a father's perspective. Cuídense mucho y que Dios las bendiga. Adios. Gracias por escuchar. Thank you so much for tuning in at Chicana and Latina Moms Podcast. You can find me on Instagram at Chicana underscore and Latina Moms Podcast. Have a blessed day and don't forget to leave your review. Adios.